Welcome to another week of the Fiber Coven podcast. I'm so happy you're here with us. I am Lauren from Valkyrie Fibers. And I'm Emily from Kitty with a Cupcake. We're here to talk with you about some yarn stuff and some witchy stuff. I think it's going to be a fun one today. We just have a little news. It's currently Socktober 2021. We are putting up sock-related blog posts on our Patreon. I'm furiously knitting socks. It's all good. Mm-hmm. This week's blog post is all about different heel types and what we think of them. Yeah. And totally in our past blog post, you get access to a free sock pattern from Emily, which I am currently knitting. It's great. And our vanilla sock recipes, as well as uh, this year and last year's musings on socks. Yeah. Hooray. Anything else to say about Socktober? Socks. Socks. We like them. Cool. Finished objects. I kind of, I don't have a, like a set, but I finished some things. You uh, finished individual I I socks? I did. I finished individual socks. I'll talk it's about kind the- of a pair of socks. <laughs> <laughs> I finished a pair of socks that don't match each other. I guess I'll talk about them more in uh, works in progress, but for now I'll just flap them around like a goober. Socks. Socks. Oh I man. Finished something. I haven't blocked it yet, but I'm going to show it anyway. <gasps> it's 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 the waxing moon. It is. I'm kind of hiding the Q4 colors. The spoilers. Yeah. It looks so good. Um, Yay. The ends are woven in. They're just hanging off because I trim them after I block so that they don't pop through at all. Um, the little yeah. curled edge looks great. Yeah, I really like how this twisted uh, cabled edge Mm -hmm. came out. It's cute. Curled was absolutely the wrong word to use, I realized. Yeah, it's not curling in on itself. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. It it looks like a spiral. It's a spiral cable along the edge. And it does not fold in on itself because it is mostly garter. It's lovely. My favorite one is on the Hunter Moon um, because Mm -hmm. it kind of looks like a little slice of pie. It's really cute. The little like curled edge looks like a crust Mm -hmm. or something. Um, That's cute. So yeah, I finished that. I'm very excited because I've been knitting this all year. I've knit two of them now and I am ready to move on to different things at this point. (laughs) Yeah. So that is done. I'm doing the photo shoot for it on Tuesday. So that will be exciting. I'm yeah, very excited to get this pattern released. It will probably come out the last week of October for everyone, if you're interested. Yes, yes, we have plans, diabolical plans. <laughs> I've been knitting away on socks, as you can tell. Where are they? I guess I'll talk about my witch's brew socks first. I um, plowed through the first one because I was uh, watching Squid Game and I needed something that uh, accommodated subtitles. So I've got the start to sock number two. I'm past the heel and sock number one is fully finished. And this is the Sarah Sanderson colorway by Nomadic Yarns. I think it's really great. It's super cute. I think I have really meaty calves because I increased up to your largest stitch count. Really? And it it fits my calves pretty good. Maybe it's because you run. Yeah. Yeah. I come from, well... My people are kind of a stocky distance runner sort. Anybody's met my, I like always say about my grandpa, my Japanese grandpa. He's, he's built like a fridge, but a mini fridge. (laughs) He's a stocky little distance runner with big calves. And I think I got the the runner calves from him, but yeah, it's on her Brit sock base, which is the same BFL base that I use. A lot of us use, I think it's really good. Really liking the socks and using a silver or gold Stellina. 
black for the toe. It's fun. Super fun. Super fun. Do you want me to just keep talking about my socks? Sure. Unless you want me to break it up with my socks. (laughs) I'll keep going. Socks. (laughs) I've also been knitting on the plaid blanket socks by Dana Ray makes. And I must say like, these are super addicting. They're friggin' cute. They're so cute. Yeah. So the pattern is the plaid blanket socks by Dana Ray makes all this stuff is linked in our show notes and I'm using for the main color here. I'm using Boogie Wonderland by Pitchfork Fibers and a little nugget of Haverland self-striping. And because there's some slip stitching going on to make it look plaid, they're super cushy. I'm like, I might make some for me because I may are making these for my sweetie. I think they'll be really good. He's excited to have them. I tried them on his feet um, and they, they fit. They're really cute. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan, big fan. I will be making more of these and more different patterns from Dana Ray makes. And then I've done a little bit of work on my two at a time socks, but not a ton. These have been my, my background project, just little socks, little toes, (laughs) little sock toes, little sock toes. They're very square. They're for my sweetie again. And this is coming from a double dip sock leg that I uh, spelled something on when I was painting on words. (laughs) <laughs> that's why I kept it. I have a feeling I'm going to get a lot of these work on these done in the car because I'm going to, this is the project that I use because it's on magic loop to give my hands a break from nine inch circulars. I think these are going to get a lot more, um, see a lot more action on my little upcoming road trip. Next. That's all I've been working on. Will you show me what you're working on? Yes. I have some socks as well. I have work socks, finished work <gasps> sock. A porg sock. It's yep. so cute. I did my weird little wedge toe for my weird mm-hmm, little pointy mm-hmm. feet. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's a porg sock. This is Problems with Porgs by Brenda and Heather Yarns. And it's kind of like a gradient self-striping. It's super cute. It, um, yeah, it's kind of mirrored. Mm-hmm. It looks like the sort of sequences you would see in a commercial sock yarn, but done by uh, an indie dyer. It's very impressive. Yeah, I really like it. And then I also have this second sock. All the way through the heel. Which is all the way through the heel. And the whole leg of the sock, the whole cuff and leg was knit at a jam session on Monday. that I went to uh, with Jazz Husband. So nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. I enjoyed seeing that on your Instagram. Yeah, I intended to work on other stuff, but then I kind of worked on it. I was like, well, now I want to know how far I could get on this sock if I only work on this sock. So, yep. And mm-hmm. uh, last night I finished up the heel. So now I'm on the gusset and uh, then I will have two porg socks for myself. Woohoo! That's exciting. It is exciting. Have you been knitting on anything else? Yes, I have one more thing to show you and it's really festive Ooh, squee. oh my gosh it is so cute oh my gosh it's pumpkins it's, it's pumpkins. very festive so this pumpkins, pumpkins 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 uh so i think i'm probably gonna call it pumpkin party i don't know though i have to, i have to search on ravelry and see if that already exists it probably does mm-hmm. but last year i released my candy corn cuteness washcloth pattern which was a mosaic knit washcloth that featured cute little candy corns on it. Uh, if you wanted to make something festive for Halloween and it's available for free 
for our Fiber Coven Patreon members. And this year, I decided I wanted to make a companion washcloth with cute little jack-o'-lanterns. Um, so cute. So this, it looks hard, but it's really easy, I promise. It's mosaic knitting. Uh, so you only work mm-hmm. with one color at once, and you make these cute little pumpkin friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this will be like the candy corn one, where it's free for Fiber Coven members, and it will be like two bucks on my Ravelry and pay hip. What are you, yarn are you using? I am using Omega Symphonia, um, mm-hmm. which is a cotton yarn uh, that's about a, it's like somewhere in between a DK and a sport weight. Um, mm-hmm. I think Ravelry calls it a sport, but it's like kind of in between. And it is actually a chain ply construction. Uh, ah. So it has multiple plies that are then kind of plied together again. And I think it makes for a nice kind of squishy washcloth texture. Yeah, I already well, that had combined with the slip stitches the mo- of the mosaic knitting makes it extra squishy. Yeah, yeah. So it's nice. Uh, but if you don't like working with cotton, you could also make this up in wool and make like a mug rug or something. Um, mm-hmm. Totally doesn't matter. Wool would make an excellent hot pad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. So nice. that's, that's my stuff. Yay. Oh, sweet. I guess that takes us into acquisitions. I don't have anything this week, but you do. I'm wearing it. Yay. Right after we recorded uh, last week, I went out on the porch and the sweater unit for me was sitting there and I was mad because we had just finished recording. But it's here and it's exciting. So this is the Aura sweater that Lauren knit for me. And it's so exciting. It's the first sweater I've ever gotten that was knit by another person. So it's full of like extra cozy love and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's also extra cozy because it's the Surrey alpaca so it's like mm-hmm. really warm. Uh, it's Lauren, really warm. It's really warm. Lauren sent it to me unblocked uh, so that I could like shape it to my desire. And I haven't actually blocked it yet because it's been like 85 degrees here every day. And I've been like, I just like can't. I can't. I'm not gonna be able it's to wear that thing until like November. So but I did want to wear it for recording today. I'm probably gonna take it off right after recording because I am getting a little hot now. But I think it's mm-hmm. really cute. I thought that I was gonna close up the the neckline mm-hmm. a little bit, but it's kind of I kind of like how it falls off my shoulders. It's kind of cute. I had the exact same thought with mine. Mm -hmm. It also shows off my flower tattoos that are on the top of my shoulder. Nice. So that's kind of festive. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, and I should stand up because I'm wearing my cute pastel skirt. So it looks. Oh, you look like a pastel witch. I love it. Yeah. So I think it's really cute and I'm excited to wear it in the winter and be very cozy and Mm alpaca-y. It makes me want to poke my boobs because they're fuzzy. Yeah, for sure. I do that all the time when I'm wearing mine and I love it. it it's just ooh, it's so cozy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also excited to block it because it does like smell really alpaca-y right now. Like the mm-hmm. Surrey has trapped alpaca, alpaca scent, mm-hmm. hay and whatnot. So it needs a bath. And probably my hand sweat. <laughs> no, it's definitely like a farm animal smell it's not from you <laughs> it's uh like mohair kind of gets that i feel like too before you yeah. wash it. it has it just like because it's so lofty it gets kind of extra extra sheepy smells up the sheep and or goat and or alpaca smells up in the cat my cat loves sitting on that every chance he got so he probably like rubbed I his mean, b-hole on it 
I can't blame him. It's very nice. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to be able to wear this. I also I'm can so hide happy my fits. little hands in the sleeves and be like I a know. little cozy gremlin person. Yeah, and so I have now knit two of them, and uh, due to the differing in ease that we both wanted, the two that I knit were pretty similar in size, and I used two and a half skeins of the Surrey Alpaca, the Surrey Fluff Base, Mm -hmm. which is pretty good. You could probably, if you were making a more fitted sweater for a very- It's definitely the warmest sweater you could make for that amount of yarn, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. If you were making a sweater with less ease for a very petite person, you might be able to squeak by and three quarter sleeves. You could probably squeak by with two skeins, but I think for most people, you could get away with just three skeins. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed this pattern. I'm like, I come on, on, maybe I'll make another one. Maybe I'll make another one. No, I have too many things to knit. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate my sweater. Yay. And then you're saying you got some ink. And then I got some ink. I placed an order with Goulet Pens, which Mm -hmm. is the fountain pen company I buy from. And my one of my Lammies, it's actually the one that I got when we were in San Francisco, this pink guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, The converter that I got sucked butts and died only a couple mm-hmm. months it I, I thought that the pen was just having a hard time or was the nib and I did a bunch of trial and error and figured out that the converter which if you aren't familiar with fountain pens is this little extra piece that you can get so that your fountain pen that could take cartridges can hold liquid ink instead uh mm-hmm. that that bit wasn't working so I ordered a new one nice. uh, so I'm excited because I've just had the boring lamy blue cartridge ink in there uh, for that mm-hmm. pen and I picked up some inks that I have gotten as samples and really liked in bottles and the first one is this diamine oxblood mm-hmm. uh, which is a like it's like a really deep brownish burgundy red it's fun it makes it feel like you're writing with blood basically and I also got this uh, Roher and Klinger uh, Cassia bottle which is like a super dark like really blue like deep purple so i'm actually using that in my pen right now Ooh, it's very pretty it's very pretty purple so those are the two inks that i got awesome mm-hmm. that's so much fun i guess the pretty purple might lead us directly into our occult corner topic this week mm-hmm. well, what are we talking about emily Well, I thought that we could start a series where we talk about different crystals. So, and we're not going to do this like other series we've done where we do it every week. We'll just like kind of randomly do it when we feel like we'll talk about a crystal. Uh, And this Mm -hmm. week we're talking about amethyst because it's my favorite because it's purple. (laughs) Yay. I too enjoy amethyst. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that amethyst is just a colored quartz. Ah. I did, but that's super cool. Uh, there are se- there are several things that are just colorful quartz, like rose quartz, and uh, right. a bunch of other stuff is just like different colors or different sheening levels of quartz. Quartz is like the most popular crystal. Um, mm-hmm. I have some amethyst here. This is a nice amethyst geode. Ooh, that's very pretty. Very deep and dark. 
it's very dark. And then I have a couple little like tower guys. Chonks. Chonks, little chonks. Um, this one I actually got a long time ago before I was like into crystals or Richie stuff. And it's just been hanging out with me. And this mm-hmm. one is the one that lives on my bedside table, which mm-hmm. we will talk about later. Um, so yeah, amethyst is a type of quartz, like we said. It's purple. Uh, and as you saw with those uh, different crystals, the purple can uh, be different kinds of purple. It can be so light that it's like really lavender and like barely you can tell it's purple or it can be really dark so that it's like not see through at all. It's so dark purple. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can also be reddish or kind of violetish. It can there's like a spectrum uh, and certain mines will produce different colors of amethyst generally Mm -hmm. the really deep reddish ones are the most expensive ones because they are the rarest and they usually you usually wouldn't see those as like crystal towers or anything they usually get used for like jewelry gems it becomes purple while the crystal is growing um Mm -hmm. and that's when iron is incorporated into a growing crystal that is quartz Mm -hmm. that's so awesome yeah. And then uh, after it crystallizes, uh, gamma rays that are emitted by radioactive materials within the rock will irradiate the iron and that makes it purple. Gamma rays is what turned the Hulk into the Hulk. Yes. Uh, I, think. I think so. My um, comic book lore is lagging. Yeah. So it's from irradiation. So fun times. That's super neat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I was looking up stuff about amethyst, of course, I went to mythology. So can I go into the entomology of it? I was about to, gonna... but you can do it too. So the word amethyst comes from the Greek, a meaning not and mythist meaning drunk. Um, so it means not intoxicated. And the Greeks and Romans thought it would protect you from getting too drunk, which I think is super neat. So they would put amethysts in their drinking cups. Like they would decorate them with that. Or they, if they had like a piece of amethyst jewelry, they thought that would protect them from getting too messed up when they drank, but they drank watered down wine. So you have to drink real hard to um, get too messed up. Yeah. And they would even carve vestals out of whole amethysts to uh, drink just straight out of the amethyst, like a little shot glass. That sounds decadent. Mm-hmm. And I saw that uh, in Greek mythology that Titan Rhea gave Dionysus an amethyst to preserve his sanity. And huh. that is possibly why they associate it with preventing intoxication. That seems to make sense. I did see a lot of stuff about how all the like Dionysus myths about him, about there being a story was totally a French Renaissance invention and not actually classic Greek. But I mean, all those stories do fall within the vein of like a traditional Greek story. There was some, but some like unlucky person that walked by and became the subject of either a God's wrath or horniness and bad things happen to that person. And then the God feels bad and does something. And usually in all the variations of the Dionysus one, he pours wine on a clear crystal and it turns purple. Yep. But those were from the 1500s in France, not classical Greek, uh, not but actually Greek. The one about preserving his sanity from the Titan uh, is from classical Greek sources. So that's probably where you, it's from. You would need to preserve your sanity if you were the God of drunken debauchery. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. to keep that sanity. And then later in like the Middle Ages and uh, in various European monarchies, it has symbolized royalty because it's purple and purple is the color of royalty for a lot of Western culture. And it it's came a- from the Romans. Yeah. And it's in various uh, crown jewels from different monarchies. Uh because mm-hmm. purple royalty crown jewels etc up until the 18th century it was considered to be one of the cardinal stones which are diamond ruby sapphire and emerald and mm-hmm. those are the expensive ones uh because mm-hmm. they're rare but so much of it has been discovered in mines since then mostly in brazil but also in other places like south korea that it is now much less valuable than those stones uh and we don't really use the mm-hmm. term cardinal stones that was like a back in the day um kind of a thing but those are all precious stones now and amethyst is considered to be semi precious because mm-hmm. there's lots more of it. Yeah, I did also see that some amulets of protection were carved out of amethyst in Egypt too, mm-hmm. which I thought was neat. And one thing that I saw but didn't write down notes about, which but I kind of want to like Google later. Did you did you have anything about the cursed amethyst? No, I didn't have anything about that. Yeah, I just briefly saw it, and it makes me want to look it up later. And it was one of those uh, tales from. Britain's age of imperialism, there was apparently a really nice shiny amethyst that they took out of Egypt and every uh, colonizer who touched it and tried to possess it uh, died horribly or like lost all their money and all sorts of stuff, which is kind of one of those like, I'm sure that's the British version of like all American horror movies are like, and it was on an Indian burial ground. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's just one of those classic sins of the colonizer stories. But but those are kind of nice in a way. Like, that's what you get. Interesting. That's cool. Mm -hmm. It's called the cursed amethyst or the blasted amethyst. Don't take gems from where they're, where they came from. Mm -hmm. Leave them there. Moral of the story. Mm -hmm. Yes. And amethyst uh, can become different colors when it is heated. So there are, I should, I actually have visual aids for this, but I didn't grab them. They're up on my thing. Uh, So most citrine that you see in stores is actually heated amethyst that has been heat treated and it becomes a really, actually, I will go get the visual aid. (laughs) I will entertain us in the meantime. Emily fetches her rocks and she's back. I don't know where half of my visual aid went. Here is a citrine. Mm -hmm. So this is... Uh, actual citrine that hasn't been heat treated and you can see it's a really pale yellow color mm-hmm. but the amethyst when it gets heat treated is a lot deeper orange um, it's like mm-hmm. a really bold kind of goldenrod yellow color and it gets really deep orange in the middle parts that were dark purple uh, so citrine is rarer than amethyst so a lot of places will take amethyst because it's kind of abundant and uh, heat treat it to try and sell it as citrine. So that's something to watch out for if you mm-hmm. care about your crystals being things or not. Um, I mean, the, the, the citrine that's heat treated amethyst is still heat treated amethyst. So it's still a crystal. It's just been manipulated in some unnatural way. And then another mm-hmm. uh, different color that amethyst can become is green. Um, and this is called praseolite. And it can be created by heating amethyst naturally. 
So uh, praseolite can be found in nature and it's just amethyst that like got heated to a different temperature while it was getting formed or it can be unnatural. Uh, and typically the unnatural ones are a little bit deeper in color, like if uh, people heated it up to make it green. Uh, but ones that are in nature are like a really light, um, minty. Oh, that's lovely. Super pale green. That's super cool. Yeah. So that's some rock facts. Uh, Amethyst is the birthstone for February. Mm -hmm. So if you were born in February, that's your birthstone. And like witchcraft wise, uh, I think we can relate (laughs) the stuff that people use it for in witchcraft and like crystal healing Mm -hmm. stuff uh, back to the Greek myths that we were talking about earlier. Um, It's usually used for serenity and calm. Mm -hmm. Uh, which kind of ties into the like preventing drunkenness or um, Mm -hmm. preserving sanity kind of meanings that Mm -hmm. we get from antiquity. A lot of people today will carry it for anxiety um, or like kind of addictive thoughts. If you're struggling with addiction or if you're struggling with like spiraling anxiety thoughts, uh, carrying around an amethyst is a thing that people do. And another really common place to use it in witchcraft is uh, to like put one on your nightstand to prevent nightmares again with the like serenity and calm. I wish that worked better for me because I keep the one you gave me on my nightstand. (laughs) (laughs) Not doing it for you. (laughs) I mean, you never know. Maybe if I didn't have it, it'd it'd be be worse. worse. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. Yeah. So those are some of the witchy uses for amethyst. Uh, I I do I like keep an that. amethyst on my nightstand, uh, partially because I just think it looks cool, but also like let's pick a meaning for it if we're gonna put something there that looks cool. And I do have amethyst pocket rocks that I'll carry around with me. But yeah, mostly I just like them because they make me happy and they're purple. Maybe I should carry around some pocket rocks. I think that would be good. I like my pocket rocks also as a fiddle thing Mm -hmm. because I'll just like play with them in my pocket if I'm like out and about and need something to do with my hands um that was my favorite part of hanging out with you is that your pockets just clicked with little rocks (laughs) (laughs) they do just click with little rocks uh I have some pocket rocks too that have like the worry stone divot so you can do like Mm -hmm. little thumb rubby stuff Mm -hmm. but yeah it can be fun it's kind of fun to I have like a little bowl. I'll, I'll grab it. We'll talk about pocket rocks in an episode sometime, but I have a little brass bowl that's just full of tiny pocket rocks. Uh, and so like, if I'm going out for the day, I'll pick what pocket rocks I'm going to be bring with me. And it could be like, you can think about like what you're going to go do in your day and like what you want to bring to your day. It's just like a little time to set intention. And then you have mm-hmm. some fun little fiddle pocket rocks. I love it. I could definitely use more is temperance, the right word, anti-anxiety qualities and temperance in my life. This mm-hmm. seems like a good idea. And like, I like the Egyptian idea of it being a protection against uh, protection against evil, you know, bad witchcraft against you and just mm-hmm. a general protection amulet sort of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Amethyst is typically used in protection amulets if you're like making a bag or something for a little bitchy bag for protection amethyst is a good one that's awesome mm-hmm. that's so fun that was Yay, a rocks. fun chat about rocks i can't wait to talk about more rocks too mm-hmm. and i like how how like we we focus on like history and lore and like symbolism and i like that a lot mm-hmm. yay yay is that about all we had for amethyst yes 
Sweet. Well, we don't have any promo this week. It's a calm week around the houses for us. I was about to say around the house, like we lived in the same house. We live on different sides of this country. Anyway, well, if you're looking to find us anywhere around the internet, you can find links to all of our stuff on fibercoven.com. And we're on Patreon if you wanted to come hang out and check out our Socktober content. We'd love to uh, have you in our little Patreon Discord. It's a fun group. It is a fun time. Yeah. So until next week, Kevin, keep making yarn magic. Bye. Bye. Bye.